Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 81 of the Showbound Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Raskin, here as always with Ethan Cardwell with the fresh new background. Carzi, what's going on? <laughs> Not much, man. So basically what happened was uh, I had to I had to do a different background this week because uh, I'm staying at my grandparents, as you guys know, and uh, I just did it in the basement. And it's an unfinished basement, as like a lot of houses are, right, just for storage and stuff like that. So um i go upstairs uh after like a few days later and they're like what what are you what the hell are you doing you're making us look like a mockery with that background and stuff like that so i'm like all right you know what i'll clean it up for this week i'll bring out the old poster and uh you know what i thought this is a decent setup so that's what we're rolling with and i'll be i'll be carrying this thing around with me uh just treating it like a green screen from now on yeah, nice. I, I can't remember who I was talking to, but I was showing someone a clip of the podcast and I was wherever I was in my room probably. And then the camera panned to you and you were in the basement and then someone was just like, Cardi's shooting from his basement. Like, what the hell? Like, get where's the studio at? So, so it was funny because I mean, well, for those who know earlier listeners, like we both had a good little studio setup going at one point. Um, oh, yeah. But it's we were, been... We were just, We both moved and there's been a hockey season after that. Like, there's been a lot. So, but... I know you move back to Barry next week. I move back to St. Catharines next week. So yeah. um, I'm going to figure out what I can do with my, uh, with my setup. We'll, we'll see. I'm also doing my first ever standing podcast right now. So uh, okay. never done this thing standing. So it's so far so good, but uh, I'm, I'm at the cottage right now. Yeah. I, I noticed that because the, the beautiful ceilings and stuff like that looking great. But um, I was, I was wondering this, like I was thinking about it. Cause like, I'm like, I'm a busy guy, obviously, as are you. And like, we got a lot on the go. And sometimes like timing with our guests don't work out and stuff like what, like how bad would it go if we did a podcast while driving? Like, okay. Like, so you- listen, no, no, no. So it's a good idea. And I've occasionally listened to the 32 thoughts podcast with um, Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman. And sometimes after Leafs games, when Elliot's working, he calls into jeff and they record while he's driving home because like he doesn't get out till midnight or whatever and and they're busy guys so he's in the car and and um i've I've heard them do it so like man and and i got a lot of drives and we got times on the bus and stuff so like imagine doing a bus podcast (laughs) yeah honestly man but that's what i was thinking i'm like well i'm gonna be driving tomorrow when we do this interview that's like going to come out um on friday uh but yeah like I, I was thinking like okay maybe i could pull this off while driving but i'm like ah then the connection and stuff so we'll see i'll have to uh make up my mind more decisively about that one but uh you guys will find out the truth uh if you keep listening to this episode i guess yeah i guess stick around and we'll find out when either the interview goes or at the end of this episode but it's funny because same thing with me because tomorrow <clears throat> when we're going to be doing the interview with our, i'll say our guest jasper weatherby san jose sharks player not a big deal but um i'm going to be driving home tomorrow and i just don't know when yet because i guess that we i don't know the time <laughs> well here, here's the thing we both can't be like you know whether like hey we're doing this podcast we're both driving by the way like we're, we're really unprofessional we're both driving right now i know you're on the zoom so just make sure you look good for all the youtube listeners <laughs> yeah so we'll, we'll have to figure out i mean i can't do it driving because well i need i need to be reading uh, like looking at my notes i need to be yeah, recording and i gotta have my computer set up so it can't work for me but it could work with for you um 
but I mean, I'll, I'll figure out what's going on, but I, I'm excited for the interview. I guess we can, we might like, normally we do the interview and then we record our part, I guess, after that. But uh, just due to the situation with putting an episode out late this week, we're obviously recording now before the interview. So um, for everyone who hasn't figured that out yet, but we got some stuff to talk about cards. I mean, first of all, let's talk about going back to Barry. So. I mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit ago, but we're a week away. And then you go to San Jose, actually. So when, when do you go to San Jose? Um, I just got my flight um, the other day. So I go there on September 13th. So basically, yeah, moving to Barrie next week. And uh, actually, camp starts on my birthday. So who doesn't like a Wingate and fitness testing day uh, as a birthday present, right? That's uh, that's always the best. But I'm looking forward to it, man. It's, it's exciting going in as an old grizzled guy i guess i got a baby face still but uh the boys could say i'm 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 grizzled old man now in the in the league and I, i've been through it all but uh now i'm i'm really looking to, uh, forward to camp meeting all the new guys kind of just uh starting her up and then yeah looking very much forward to san jose as well and the 13th and kind of just doing everything i can and barry to prepare myself for that along with the the season wherever it may be yeah, and you get some away pay this year too. Hey, eh? looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more coin in the pocket with the the overage money. <laughs> yeah, that's that's sweet. And uh, I mean, our Brock camp is starting soon, and Ice Dogs camp obviously same time as you. I seen the QMJHL; they're already playing preseason games. You see that? No, I I don't like I I don't really keep up with the other leagues, but I know they've always been like that, and they start early. So that's wild, man. Like. The boy, the boys are rolling in for camp. I guess like on August like fifteenth, probably. Then if they're already into preseason, yeah, I think the way it works is like draft picks and maybe younger players. They go in and they play preseason games against those other younger players, and then the vets come in later. So like, there's no vets playing in these preseason games yet. But it's interesting. I mean, I saw Halifax was playing and they were losing eight nothing, and then they tweeted like eight like score update whatever eight nothing. I think it was St. John. I don't know whoever it was, and they're like, it's just preseason guys. <laughs> <laughs> so probably taking heat from their fans they're like hey, relax all right and yeah. that's actually that's it's kind of cool how they do it like that because it's similar like in the show like you go for like when i fly on the 13th that's for rookie tournament and stuff which is in san jose this year and i think we've talked about it before but yeah so i'll get down there and then it'll be a few days of practice getting ready for that and then like all of us prospects will play all the other teams prospects and then days later after that is when the big dogs come in for for main camp that's the best way to do it as far as evaluating players goes and for experience for the players to get because i mean judging the these younger guys in a game situation i mean you can only see so much in practices right and and we've all seen guys who are like the best practice players in the world and maybe they just don't think the game the right way or whatever they have all the skills but not the brain i don't know but um you got to like put, I like the idea of putting them in a game and uh, I'm sure, you know, the ones that make it through from there, they get mixed in with the vets and get to play games with guys that are better on their line and stuff. So it's the right way to do it. I wonder if uh, the OHL does that going forward, like seeing as other leagues are doing it. But uh, I mean, we can talk mm-hmm. about some, some uh, world junior stuff, Canada, one gold, obviously a um, couple of showbound alumni on team Canada. I think if I can remember all of them, we got Ryan O'Rourke, Jack Thompson, Tyson Forrester, and I'm missing one more. Um, Brandon Offman. Yeah, Brandon Offman. How can I forget? Um, though I, I believe those are the four we've had on. And uh, so congrats to them and also everyone and all of Canada. Pretty sick. 
And also McTavish, bro. I mean, we've all heard and seen this thing a million times, but like that that's just insane. His save and then the tournament he had as well. Like, what are your thoughts? Yeah, obviously getting to play against him uh, in the OHL and stuff like that. Uh, he's a great player and it, it translated. He's, he's a man amongst boys, especially at the World Juniors there. And the guy who's kind of played all over the map last year. And I mean, I, I'm sure everybody's kind of reiterating it on all sports stations. But wow, like that that's one of the craziest plays in World Junior history for sure. And to be able to pull that off in, the, in that much pressure of like, the game gold medal game with everything on the line overtime to save the team. And then Johnson to go the other way with Stan Coven and make a beautiful play like that. It was, uh, it was pretty incredible to watch. And like you mentioned, just it's awesome to see the boys having success out there and getting the job done. And, and also want to preface the fact that uh, we'll probably have a couple world junior gold medalists on to talk about their experience here coming in the next few weeks, I'd imagine. Yeah, we'll get a couple on, and yeah, it was cool, man. And I, I didn't watch any of the games until the final. Uh, they all just happened to be when I was busy and stuff. It's not that I didn't really want. Like I, I, I watched the period here and the, here and there when I could. But I mean, that final was crazy. And when Canada was up two nothing, I don't know if you felt the same. I just had a feeling like Finland, it's Finland, man, and they've been so good in the juniors for so long now. I just knew this thing was going to overtime. Like I did not feel comfortable with the lead. Yeah, man. It's like Finland's such a hard-nosed team and they throughout the preliminary rounds, they're always like, they're a team that doesn't blow teams out necessarily always. They're low scoring. They play a hard-nosed game. And and then when it comes to the medal rounds, they're they're right there every year. And uh, they're obviously a force to be reckoned with in in world junior hockey. And I, I think they will be for a long time. And Finland's only continuing their growth of young hockey players there and kind of developing the game on uh, in that aspect. So it's good to see other countries globally like getting the job done on that stage. Yeah, and I, I think in the last 10 years or 11 years, only Canada, USA, and Finland have won, which I thought was crazy. Like Russia hasn't gotten in there. I mean, Sweden, like Canada, USA, Finland, last 10 years, just going, just winning everything. That's wild, yeah. yeah. There, there is good countries and it was it was a little bit unfortunate for for a team like the Slovaks because they they struggled so much this year and they had so many obviously guys with a lot of hype like Slavkovsky and uh I think Nemec too I don't know how you pronounce his name but yeah. both him both of those two and it along with another first round pick were not there playing for them so that obviously hurts countries like that but I want to talk a little bit about Latvia I know you said you didn't watch but Wow, they they had an amazing tournament for a team who just got barely let in because of an alter like because of the situation with Russia. It was incredible to see what they did out there. Um, like they played an amazing game and they they almost beat the Swedes, man. Like for them, well, first let's go back to the fact that they lost in a shootout to Slovakia. I'm pretty sure. So then everyone's like, oh, okay, Latvia's out, whatever. And then next thing you know, they go back the next day and beat the Czechs which is absolutely astonishing. And then the fact that they lose 2-1 in a uh, medal round game, it was it was pretty incredible to watch. And I'm super excited because they said they have 16 returning players from that Latvian team. And it's always great to see countries like that who struggle so mightily and they go up and down from tournament to tournament, finally kind of have that success every country's looking for there, you know? Yeah, they've been pumping out good players here and there and now it's good i mean when they get into the big tournament and they and they win a game and first of all seeing them win i saw the highlight was so cool because it was like 
you know, such a big moment for all those guys, but it inspires the younger generation who are watching them. So, I mean, you'll see it in like 10, 15 years, there's going to be another crop that's coming through um, and they're going to just keep getting better. So it's pretty cool. And uh, on that note of like growing the game, one of my buddies is uh, I guess, so there's like the, the world juniors is like a division, like which that just was. And then there's the BC and it goes down to like D and E I think even, but you don't hear about those ones. My buddy's playing for team Egypt in the D division. And if they win, it promotes them to the C division. It's in like two weeks. Um, And it's in Florida, which is sick. I can't remember the number, but I think they were saying like, he was saying all the Egyptian like government people are coming to watch. And if they do well in the tournament, they're going to start building rinks in Egypt. Um, Wow. That's crazy, man. Yeah. So it's cool. So like they're trying to grow the game there, like in the middle East and stuff. And and my buddy plays D3. So like, he's not bad, but like, that's kind of like maybe the level he might even be one of the better players on the team. Um, but it's, it's pretty cool. Like, so they're, they're, they're trying to grow the game. And if, I think if they win, maybe they get a nice ice rink in the desert. So that'll be sweet. Yeah. They'll, uh, they'll have to have some good cooling, uh, devices in there to keep the, uh, <laughs> so they're not playing in, uh, in a pond rather than, uh, on an ice rink, but that'll be incredible, man. Like, and, and that's what we talk about. Like, that's what we want. We want more people to play the game. That's why we do this podcast. We want to inspire the youth. We want to share stories about hockey. And it's such a great game. And I feel like it could be shared by so much more than it already is. So hearing stories like that is incredible. Yeah. And I mean, we can uh, we can send it to the interview. But before we do it. Actually, this- oh, no, no. I want to call out Rask quickly. Oh, on, yeah, yeah. On, he says he has an insider source. In our last episode, and he said it was a no-brainer that Kadri was going to the aisles. And yes, there was a lot of rumors going around, so that source has to be shut out for a little while. Rask, whoever told you that one, but uh, obviously he, en- he ends up with the Flames, and this is a team now that is really good. They had an amazing off season, and I can remember about four weeks ago we were both talking about the fact that. Calgary had a really tough go. They lost two of their main guys. And in my opinion, I think they became a better team this offseason. For sure. Yeah, I, think, I think they got better. And if they go deep in the playoffs, and like you're looking at Tree Living's going to be the GM of the year, in my opinion. And then, okay, they're in the terrible situation. Like losing Johnny Gaudreau, like there's really nothing they could do about that. They couldn't trade him because they didn't know what the situation was going to be. So whatever. Obviously, we've already talked about the Kachuk trade. We think they won that trade as of now. Um, and then Kadri, he is a playoff guy. He he's yeah. like getting Kachuk back already. I don't know if you can hear the dog barking downstairs. Um, yeah, he agrees with your take. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, well, like I was saying, Kadri, he is as good as Kachuk in the playoffs. Like he's that guy you want that's going to score goals and hit guys and do whatever it takes to win. Like he obviously has the cup experience now. So in my opinion, like I value him higher than Kachuk in the playoffs right now, just because of that winning pedigree he brings. And uh, they're, they're looking really good, man. And just, I'm excited to see Uyghur play too, but also, okay. Have you seen the clip of Uyghur walking in the dressing room? Yeah. Dude, yeah. it looks like a, sorry, this dog, it looks like a high school, man. I know. I I've been sent that a few times and uh, people are laughing, but uh, I, I thought it was interesting. Actually, what I took out of that was, the pictures above the stalls it's like their headshot above their stalls instead of like an inflate or something i i thought i've never seen that in my lifetime no i've seen pictures but yeah like not not like that i know i think in the sioux they have the like maybe jt if he sent you they have the, like a game pick of them above it um oh. 
And at Brock, we're doing something similar. We have a brand new dressing room this year, which is pretty sweet. I'll have to send you a pic because we got a new rink and stuff. Um, but the, it looks like our Brock dressing room is nicer than that. And they don't even have a logo. I mean, maybe they have a carpet logo that goes in the middle, but like there wasn't a logo there, you know? I didn't see. I just saw a little hockey rink. But uh, no, as the rest of their facilities could be amazing because you also got to think about NHL teams. And a lot of people don't know this. Most teams don't practice. Like, they won't practice at their ranks, right? So they're practicing mm-hmm. at their facilities. So that's where all the, like, glory, where, where their beautiful dressing rooms are and all the amenities that they need. They spend all the time there. Realistically, the only times they're at their real rank is for home games. So yeah, I think a lot of people have been giving them crap. But, like, all that really matters is what the guys are given at the uh, practice facilities and where they're going to be most of the time. So yeah, I it's not too bad, it's- but, but yes, for sure. I can, I can agree with uh, what you're saying. Definitely. Yeah. Well, and, and we heard Curtis Gabriel talk last week about uh, when he was with the Leafs in the MasterCard center where they practice, how it was like the nicest facility and they had everything. So um, yeah. And, and okay. The dressing room wasn't that bad. It's just, it doesn't look like an NHL room. You know what I mean? No, yeah. sure. You don't, don't think of NHL and then that, you know? Yeah. But they had a sick off season. So they, they can just uh, stick up the middle finger to whoever I guess right now. <laughs> exactly. So, all right. Now, before we send it to the interview, we want to welcome back Manscaped, everyone's favorite grooming company. And I got to just remind everybody that Smooth Sack Summer is slowly coming to an end, fellas. If you have, <laughs> I'm already butchering it. If you haven't been scaping for the summer sun, it's not too late to sweep your sack of those pesky pubes. As summer comes to an end and we enter fall, keep your boys clean and fresh just in time for fresh ball fall. The leader in below the waist grooming is here to make sure your pubes feel smoother than a beach ball and smell fresher than your girl's pumpkin spice. Start the new season the right way and join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. Get 20% off and free shipping worldwide with the code SHOWBOUND at manscaped.com. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 has everything you need to keep your sweet, sweet sack in check. Inside this package, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? Whether you're hopping in the shower or hitting up the lake, this razor will devour even the strongest pubes. Now that your sack is smooth, lather up with Manscaped's liquid formulations to get that fresh ball fall freshness. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant to stay cool in the heat. Their soothing aloe vera formula is the best in the business for below the waist freshness and the clear drying formula keeps your sack looking and smelling good. That's important. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag that'll bring your comfort to another level at home and on the go. Keep yourself groomed from head to toe with their Shears 2.0, a luxury nail grooming kit. This kit includes stainless steel nail cutters, tweezers, and grooming scissors. With the performance package, your balls will be ready to impress, but make sure you cover the rest with the Shears 2.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOWBOUND at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOWBOUND at manscaped.com. Keep things smooth and fresh as we say sayonara to smooth ball summer and enter fresh ball fall. Wow. 
So it's been a while since I read one of those. Uh, you actually very well for uh, for the first time back, but uh, that I missed. I missed hearing those. It's always a good chuckle, and I know the people love it. So as much as you love the ad reads, go and buy yourself one because the product's even better. And it's uh, the, the nails one, I, the shears 2.0. I know Manscaped just sent us a bunch of stuff, but I'm at the cottage, so I haven't been home to get it. But I mean, we all know this and, and we both have girlfriends, dude. Girls love like clean trim nails and mm-hmm. the shears 2.0, man, a luxury nail grooming kit. That sounds like a, a great thing to invest in if you want to up your nail game. So you got to keep those things clean. Yeah, absolutely. And a guy who knows about it best is uh, Jasper Weatherby and we'll send it to him now. All right, and we're pleased to be joined here by Jasper Weatherby. And Weather, what's going on, man? How's the summer been? Good. Summer's good. It's winding down here. Obviously, training camp's coming up, but no, it's no complaints. Summer's been good. Yeah, and I know you've uh, been spending in Ontario, right? Uh, and this, this is your first summer doing that, so how's, how are things been there? Yeah, it's great. Obviously, not a ton of hockey in, in Oregon during the summer. I hope that uh, that can change as, as the, you know, as hockey grows in, in smaller markets. But um, for me, it's been great to be up here in the summer and um, getting to skate with a lot of good guys. And um, yeah, I mean, this is pretty much the the capital of hockey in, in the world. Yeah. And you're, you're training with Gary Roberts, right? So how, how's that been? Like I know it gets rave reviews from the guys and it's, it's awesome training and it kind of ups the game. So how do you feel like your game's kind of improving since going there and you, your whole physique as a, uh, as a player? Yeah, it's been great. Obviously uh, you get to just be around a lot of guys who have done it for a long time. And um, for me, just kind of, you know, trying to learn and, and, uh, implement some of that stuff into, into my game has, has been great. Um, yeah, no complaints. Uh, so I'm curious, just looking you up and stuff. Can you tell us where you grew up? Like you're born in Portland, Oregon, and did you grow up in Canada? Like t- tell us about your childhood growing up and stuff. Yeah, I, uh, I was born in Portland, but, uh, shortly moved down to a small town in Southern Oregon, um, right on the border of California. Um, and yeah, from there, I just played minor hockey and, um, for, Sorry, that's my dog going, wants to play right now. So, um, yeah, I just, just grew up uh, playing minor hockey there and um, was lucky enough to um, have a, you know, a really tight-knit group there. And um, from there I went to uh, – I was lucky enough to go up in Canada when I got a little bit older. And, um, yeah, so – but Oregon hockey, it's, it's small, but it was a really tight-knit community. So did you move for the hockey, like, as you started getting better and, you know, for exposure and that sort of thing? Yeah, exactly. Like uh, we kind of realized going into high school, I was going to have to find some, you know, better competition and and a little bit more of a hockey market. So um, I was really lucky enough to go to the Canadian International Hockey Academy outside of Ottawa. Um, It was relatively new academy. So they're offering great packages for for kids like myself who who needed to move away from home for some some hockey. So yeah, I was really lucky enough to go there. Yeah. And that kind of paved the way for you to go to the BCHL as you did. And you played two seasons with the, and correct me if I'm saying it wrong and I probably will. Wenatchee? Or, yeah. Wenatchee, you got it. First try. Okay. okay. Wenatchee wild in, uh, in Washington. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Washington. Okay. So that's interesting in the BCHL and there. So you want to tell us a little bit about that? Like what was your decision to go play there and was major junior ever on your mind? Um, yeah, first off, Wenatchee is one of the you know greatest greatest places I've played, and I, I loved every minute of it. Um, growing up, college was a huge thing for me. Um, part of the reason I, I tried to go to the BC, um, I had a little bit of uh, interest in the WHL, um, but talking with my family, um, 
like college was kind of the the goal for me since day one. So um, yeah, going to Wenatchee was was great. I was lucky enough to have uh, my mom living in uh, Washington at the time, and um, so I was pretty close to home. And um, just a great great organization there, and they do everything they can to get players uh, uh, to college. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. And uh, like, how was the travel in that league? Like, I've heard obviously in the Western Hockey League, it's it's kind of a lot and everything. But uh, geographically in the in the BC, how was things, especially coming up from Washington? Yeah, it was it wasn't too bad actually. I think the longest trip was to Prince George, and that was about a twelve hour bus ride. Um, so pretty long, but again, yeah, nothing like the WHL. I know those guys are on buses for 24 hours sometimes. So, um, other than that, a lot of just four to five hour road trips up to like Penticton, Kelowna area, and then to like, uh, Coquitlam and, and, uh, Langley and around Vancouver. And then, um, going to Victoria Islands, one of the Swedish road trips, you get on a ferry and you're just playing cards with the guys on the, on the, on the ferry and around the water. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty cool stuff. And obviously you moved away from home kind of at a young age to play hockey, but then you moved back to home. Wait, so you lived with your mom when you were there, right? No, I had a billet. Oh, my mom was about okay. five hours away. Um, oh, okay. My hometown's probably about a nine to 10 hour drive. So not quite, but like close enough where my mom was able to come for some, you know, some important games and was there for the playoffs and stuff. So um, yeah, yeah it, was, it was definitely nice to be that kind of close to home. Um, after being gone for a long time yeah and like making the jump to that level at the junior a like bchl obviously the top junior league um in canada besides major, major junior i'd have to say and obviously like one of the biggest uh, suppliers for u.s scholarships for kids as you went on but uh how was the jump from minor hockey to that for you in your 16 year yeah it was pretty good like um you know, I think when I went into Anachi, there was a great team and a really good, you know, leadership group of guys who had been there for a long time. Um, so the first year you're just, you know, trying to, you know, you're a rookie on the team and you're trying to play as much as you can and um, around some of the older guys. And uh, yeah, so the jump was, was, was pretty challenging, but they did a great job with getting us, you know, up and going. And I had a really, you know, great, great group of younger guys with me, which made a big difference. Yeah, and obviously it went well because your second year, you guys win a championship, I believe, in 2018. Is that right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we won that second year I was there. So um, that was a, yeah, a lot of fun. And yeah, so do you want to tell us a little bit about that run? And correct me if I'm wrong, but 38 points in 20 playoff games, that's pretty incredible. Um, yeah. So you want to talk about getting hot during the playoffs and then obviously winning it all? How was that? Yeah, no, that was awesome. Again, like my first year there, a lot of the guys had left to go to college, which was great because that's, you know, that was the goal for them. And um, so we had a lot of new guys on the on the team and we just kind of came together that year and um, were able to kind of get hot at the right moment, um, play a lot of a lot of fun playoff games. Uh, I think what's pretty unique about the BC is their playoff games are best of seven. Um, so we played four series best of seven, which is um, just like the NHL, right? Where you see a lot of other leagues will do, you know, best of five or, you know, some best of three. And obviously in college, it's, uh, you know, one game. So um, that was really cool to kind of experience, I guess, what, you know, uh, playoffs are potentially like at, at the NHL level. But um, yeah, it was awesome. And um, winning it with the guys was was super special. And the town is um, you know, when actually kind of their, the, the hockey program, there's their, their only thing. So, um, for them, it was huge and, you know, great, great memories, great group of guys. Awesome. Yeah. It sounds awesome, man. We talk about it a lot. Winning's just so fun. Like it's sick. Yeah. And, uh, 
you learn so much valuable experience going on a run like that too, that you obviously take with the rest of your career and your life. But on that run, just following it is your NHL draft. And I'm, I imagine a, a run like that and the numbers you put up really boosted your draft stock. So can you talk about actually the the playoff run leading up to your draft? Were you looking at rankings and stuff? Cause you're, you know, you're getting yourself in the mix and like, how did that go on, on that side of the game? Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, you, pay attention to it not a ton like I remember at the first uh first beginning of the the season the the rankings came out I don't think I was on it then the midway um I was pretty low on the and then towards the end I had gotten kind of higher and I remember uh the coaches were pretty pretty honest with a lot of guys who are going to get drafted and they say the better you guys do in the playoffs um the further you go the more people will be watching and the less teams that will be playing um so there's a real opportunity for you guys to to move up and I think that we all kind of took that uh, as a rallying cry with the team for the guys who could get drafted, like, Hey, let's come together and let's make sure we're one of the last teams playing in the country so we can get more NHL scouts to the game. So, um, I huge credit to all the guys on, on my team there with, without them, I definitely wouldn't have been drafted. Um, and, and, and throughout the process, you talk to NHL teams and stuff, which is, which is really fun. You know, some have some, uh, funny, you know, questionnaires right like what do you see with this photo and you kind of say you know I see motivation and you know you just give one of those so um yeah that's a fun process for any kid and I think lots of kids going through it uh just should just enjoy it yeah and then what about your NHL draft day like can you tell us about the day up until the moment you were picked in the fourth round by San Jose yeah um I actually I didn't go to the draft um I still I just wasn't sure if if I was going to get picked I was at, at college um and I was actually, I was at the rink, uh, North Dakota has great facilities. So I spent a lot of time there as a, as a freshman uh, over the dorms. Um, so we were there for summer training and, um, yeah, I just remember kind of looking on the TV, the draft was on and I actually saw my buddy, uh, who's on the team get drafted to Vegas, I think two spots before me. Um, and I was just really excited for him. And then I looked down and, and saw San Jose had selected me and looked at my phone and I had a text from my dad and that was, it was pretty cool. So, um, that's kind of how my draft day was. Yeah, it's it's kind of similar to Cardsy's. Like Cardsy also fourth round wasn't at the draft. Just you know, phone starts blowing up. You know, yeah. it was funny because my phone started blowing up when Cardsy gets drafted because I have all the showbound accounts on my phone. And yeah, I, there's a million tags going after like tagging Cardsy and showbound, and I I just felt like I got drafted. It was like the craziest phone. <laughs> I was at a baseball game. It was hilarious. That's but um, did you Hopefully- ever? Hopefully I get the, the same uh, trajectory as, as weather here, fourth round pick. But did you have any feeling it was going to be San Jose? Like I know with Cardsy and with other San Jose guys we've had on, they've had, you know, the good talks and the confidence that, you know, like we like you type of thing. Did you have that as well? It's funny. I talked to over 20 teams. San Jose was not one of them. Um, I had, I had no clue um, that San Jose was going to draft me. Obviously, um, I, you know, I was right in San Jose's uh, market growing up as a kid in, in Oregon. And um, I had no idea. It was just happened to be a, a lucky coincidence. And then, so you were talking about being a freshman and enjoying the facilities there at UND. And I was just wondering what, uh, what kind of went into your decision-making to go to UND other than the fact that it's obviously an unbelievable hockey school. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I wanted to go to a place where they'd help me develop and, and I could potentially, you know, play in the NHL. That was my first, uh, first and foremost, the first thing I was looking at when I was getting recruited. Um, and then the second thing was, um, you know, education was a big thing. 
Um, and then the third thing was kind of, I wanted to be on a college campus. Um, I know decent amount of schools are in big cities and I think that that's awesome. That's unique. Um, you know, great for, for students who want to do business adventures there and stuff like that. But for me, it was like, how can I go to a kind of a small college hockey market that can, uh, really help me and develop. And that's why I chose North Dakota. Yeah. You make great points there. And, uh, so did you do any recruiting trips? Um, did you go to UND before you signed? And then also, did you go anywhere else? Yeah, I went to UND and committed right on the spot. I was like, this is, this is the spot for me. Um, I had a couple other, uh, college, uh, recruiting visits lined up, but, um, once I was on campus there, I met the guys, got to talk with the coaches, saw the things that they could offer me, um, athletically, academically, socially, everything. I just was like, yeah, this is a place for me. And, um, yeah, I don't regret it at all. Yeah, for sure. And obviously uh, you have a ton of confidence, like coming out of the BCHL as like a dominant player in that league and stuff. And we talked about the adjustment to junior, but the, the jump to college is even bigger. You're playing against men now and stuff like that. So for you, how did you find that adjustment in your freshman year? Yeah, that adjustment was probably the biggest adjustment I've, I've seen, you know, ever. Um, you know, I think that, again, you said it right, you're going against, you know, big men and uh, you're just trying to basically, you know, scratch for every inch you can get. Um, I found, yeah, I think that, you know, I showed up as a freshman, I was probably 195 pounds. Um, I left uh, college at about 215, 220 to, to when I signed with, with San Jose. So, um, you know, you have a big opportunity to spend a lot of a lot of time in the gym and uh, a lot of time on the ice there's extra ice always available there and, and people who are willing to help you but yeah that freshman year was a was a big adjustment yeah most definitely and then off the ice like you mentioned obviously like working out and stuff like that but uh like the the stuff that everybody else is interested about too is is the schooling and how is life as a student obviously you you kind of you value your school obviously and um for you personally how did you enjoy that and how did you get through that yeah, I think that for me, uh, school is a big aspect of it. And I think that there's kind of this uh, misconception that you go to school as a, a student athlete, and you don't have to do any work. Um, but I think like you realize quickly, like I have to attend classes, I have to put the work in academically as well. So um, it's definitely an adjustment, especially spending a couple of years in juniors and, and not doing school there is um, so I think it's, it's an adjustment, but you learn quickly, uh, take care of your assignments before you go on the road trips and, um, make sure things are turned in on time, get as much extra, uh, extra credit points as you can to make sure you can pass your classes at the end of the semester. Yeah, exactly. You got to prioritize. And, uh, is there, is there anything that sticks out to you as a, uh, key memory or something that, uh, that you'd like to share from your three years there? I'm sure, uh, there's a million stories and it's always tough when we put you on the spot, but anything that jumps out at you? Yeah, I think, um, you know, one thing they talk about college is how close your freshman class is together. Um, you live in these tiny shoebox dorms together, you eat cafeteria food. Um, and I think that when I went to, to North Dakota, they were on a little bit of a, a down, they were down a little bit. And I think that by the time we left, we had won, uh, you know, two Penrose championships and, um, you know, celebrating that with those guys was, was amazing. And, and yeah, those are, those are the memories I'll, I'll, uh, I'll cherish. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know, throughout your time, like your career has just been on a straight, like upwards path like that. And, you know, it, it shows with the numbers and, and throughout your time at UND, you kept progressively getting better until you signed with the Sharks and you did three years at UND. And I understand you're still a student there, right? Yeah. Still taking classes. Yeah. So were you considering like 
before signing, like staying another year and graduating or, or was it just like, as soon as I get a contract, I'm taking it or how was that? Yeah, no, I had actually thought um, I was going to go back for my senior year um, talks with, you know, my family and my agency. And um, it was only pretty much late. I went to development camp with San Jose and um, realized there was a really good opportunity to uh, make the, make the team out of, out of uh, training camp. So um, I signed it. I think I signed on like the beginning of senior day um, at UND um, to go to San Jose. So, uh, pretty quick turnaround and, um, yeah, so it's, I didn't really, really plan it that way at all. Yeah. And you know, a year in the NHL under the belt, have you made any big purchases or like done anything? How do you like to spend your money? Um, no, no, I don't think any huge purchases living in California is expensive enough. So yeah. uh, just my apartment there. Um, other than that, I think you mean you guys talk about it a little bit, get some uh, investments going and, and make sure your uh, money works for you. Yeah, well, I do want to say since we're on the topic, funny. Um, I want to mention the Gavin Wall specialists there. Uh, they represent hockey players, NHL players. They'll do your investments, help with goal setting, their tax specialist, which is huge for California, very high tax rate. Um, founded by Stu Gavin, longtime former NHL player. So for you and for the listeners, check them out at gavingroup.ca. With that being said, I guess we can uh, keep rolling with the Sharks. And like you said, there is a big opportunity there for you. And I remember like going to that development camp and I'm like, oh my God, there's there's a 98 here. And like, it, it was obviously it was weather and he, the guy was like a, a man amongst boys out there at that dev camp. And I'm like, why, why is this guy in a cage right now? Why, why is he not in shark gear? I was like so confused with all that. And like you had your cage and your UND stuff. And then uh, you obviously take it all off for the camp and stuff. And I'm like, this guy, like he looks ready to play. And then sure enough, obviously, like you just explained, um, you end up making the sharks and you, you spent most of the year in the national hockey league, which is absolutely incredible in your first season. So do you want to tell us uh, about kind of just this year in a whole? Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously quick turnaround from leaving college and you go into training camp and just put your best foot forward, you know, work as hard as you can and try to learn as much as you can. And um, I think, you know, lots of obviously ups and downs last year, um, but overall it was a, uh, it was an amazing year and, and, you know, lucky enough to play uh, some games in the National Hockey League. Yeah, and I mean, and you definitely played more there than you did in the AHL. And I remember we were talking about it before, but a couple like COVID complications and stuff like that. But overall, for yourself personally, like how how do you find the year went for for you as an individual? Yeah, I think it went pretty well. Um, I think you learn pretty quickly. There's a lot more games at the pro level than there is in college. Um, I think that's kind of one of the biggest uh, learning curves for all college guys. Um, you you know have to make sure your body and mind is is in the right place when you go into training camp. And um, I, I definitely took that away from from last season. Um, yeah, just lots of games. You know, it's fast paced out there. Um, be ready every day. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun. And actually kind of hearing that from you makes me wonder. So what do you, you guys play like what, 40 games in college in a year? Less than that. I think I played 26 my last year due to COVID. Um, so it was, you know, and then before that, I think you're, you'll be lucky to hit, hit 40. Um, but yeah, I mean, every uh, last two years I was there, I got shortened by COVID. So um, not a ton. And we, we had a ton of like, we have a ton of young listeners kind of coming up the ranks and in, in hockey and trying to learn themselves. So that uh, this is a question that kind of would make sense for them and stuff. So what did you do this year that uh, kind of kept you ready and in game shape for that long and uh, kept your mind good? 
yeah, I think a big thing is leaning on the trainers um, at in San Jose. They were great with me, uh, whether that's, you know, coming in on an off day and getting an extra bike in to make sure your legs are ready or uh, getting treatment or, um, you know, making sure you can, you know, stretch out the right way. And um, they're always, you know, a great resource for any guy to use. Um, and that was that was huge for me. And then um, one more thing on the Sharks here we'll talk about your first NHL goal. And I, from what I remember, I think it was a beauty uh, and it was in your first NHL game. So you want to tell us who was the goal on and tell us about how it went down. Yeah, it was on a uh, hellebuck from uh, Winnipeg. Um, and yeah, I think uh, it was in the second period. I was lucky enough to have a bunch of family and friends there. Um, and yeah, I just, uh, coming down on the on the power play and uh, Carlson made a nice pass over to me. I didn't really have to do much. So just kind of, you know, put my head down and shot as hard as I can and um, was, you know, lucky to go in. So, yeah, it was, it was a pretty cool one. What was going through your head as soon as you scored it? Like, did it, like, set in right away or were you like, holy shit? Like, yeah. I, I think it was just, you know, excitement. Um, you know, a lot of it, too, was was really excited to have the family family there with me because, um, you know, they've been through through everything, the highs and the lows. And um, so having them there after the game and, and stuff was 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 very sweet. Mm-hmm. yeah that's sick i mean imagine like playing in your first game is cool enough but then now you're on the power play and eric carlson's assisting on your first goal like you gotta be kidding me that, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's sweet um so i mean this off season i'm curious uh what have you been doing this off season to be ready for this nhl season now yeah tons of stuff i think you know the biggest one is trying to build your body up you know build your engine um, you got to come into to training, camp, training camp in shape, ready to go. Um, you know, they always talk about the NHL season as a grind. Um, pro hockey is a grind in itself. Um, AHL, NHL, uh, lots of games, lots of travel. So um, that's a big, big emphasis, right? And then I think secondly is is mentally, right? You know, how can you uh, take a couple steps away from the game to, at the end of the season, refresh a little bit, um, and then kind of maybe look back on the things that went well and the things that didn't go well and, and try to make some plans and changes for the next season. Yeah. Um, have you had any conversations with Mike Greer? And like, if so, what has he sort of told you? Yeah, I've had, I got to meet him at, uh, I got to meet him, you know, when he came on, um, you know, pretty, pretty close after that. And, you know, one of his things is just playing hard, playing fast, competing. Um, you know, if you watch the way he played, that's, uh, exactly how he played. So I'm not surprised that's how the organization is is going. And, um, you know, one of the things is everything's going to be earned, which I think is is great for players. Um, you know, it's, that's what you want as a player is, is the opportunity for everything to be fair and everything to be earned. We, we've kind of hit it on an all here, but uh, we, we want to get into just kind of some questions that the fans will get to know you a little bit and you personally. So uh, this is always a, a hit one for, for our episodes and it's, it's a this or that. So I'll give you two uh two options and you pick uh, the one of your choosing. So shoot yeah. first or pass first? Uh, shoot first. Bar down or five hole? Bar down. Black tape or white tape? White tape. Cardio or weights? Weights. Interesting one here. Eat a muffin top down or bottom up? Top down. Okay. Ice cream or milkshake? Ice cream. Candy or chocolate? Chocolate. USA or Canada? USA. <laughs> night in or night out? Night in. Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos? 
Uh, let's go Elon Musk. <laughs> That's my next. Pretty- I want to get an electric car, so you better keep yeah. producing. Hopefully, he hears that one. So free Teslas for the boys. That'd be great. All of us. Yeah, we could use them as a sponsor card. Yeah, sponsor right there. Yeah. <laughs> um. Now we we'll get in some random questions, and then we'll finish up with the fan questions. But so just a couple random ones can go any way you want. But uh, what song do you want to be the first dance at your wedding? Oh, I don't even know. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. Um. I'll let my. Yeah, I'll let you know my future wife decide that one okay that's probably a good answer <laughs> yeah no that's a smart thing to do i guess okay um do you think that artificial intelligence will overtake the human race uh no i don't think so i think uh artificial intelligence um obviously you know can compete with our minds but i don't know if it can compete with our bodies yet um so um i don't know i, ho- I hope not <laughs> okay um what do you think is something popular now that in five years won't be a thing anymore oh boy that's a good one uh it makes you think um it's a hard one maybe i don't know maybe gasoline cars right like it's i think it's gonna go all electric as we just talked about yeah the one yeah, i was I thinking when i hear it is is tiktok cards do you have an answer oh TikTok could be definitely a good one because like you think about it, like look at Vine and like musically and all those ones the before it. So I I think that's definitely, I do agree with the cars too, because like I was, I never really understood like a Tesla and everything. And then I went in a self-driving one and like, boy, like it's, it's unbelievable. Like they, they fully drive themselves. Like you set the speed you wanted at and they just wheel. Like, have you been in one weather? I've been in a Tesla. I've never been in a self-driving one, but yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I don't know if people are going to be able to drive anymore. Like, which is. Yeah. Driving might be the answer, man. Driving might be. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, we'll have flying cars too. It's going to be a gong show here in the next (laughs) few years. (laughs) Okay. Now one more of these. And I was just telling Cardsy, someone answered you weather for this question earlier, but if you were stranded on an island with three other members of the San Jose Sharks, who would you want them to be and why? Oh, boy. Well, I think the guy, I can't say him anymore, but Brent Burns would have been great. I mean, he's, he's amazing on yeah. – uh, on. We'll count it. Yeah, okay. All right. We'll do, we'll do Burnsy. Um, we'll do Mario Ferraro. He's got, he's got such high, high energy. Um, and then we'll he's have – He's got a good smile too. Yeah, he does, yeah. Um, and then we'll do – who else who do we got here um yeah maybe we'll do william eckland he's just yeah um, he's the one who said you okay good good well so we we got (laughs) nice yeah reciprocate because weren't you like you guys room together like every camp no yeah we were together all last year um until until he got uh was was sent back to sweden so he's a great kid how was that living with x it was awesome yeah yeah again just great kid works hard you know loves the game and um yeah he took you know obviously took me to ikea showed me around uh around his kind of i guess territory so it was yeah it was awesome and actually that that kind of makes me wonder myself how how are you in the kitchen living on your own and stuff like that you uh you good at chefing things up or are you more of a skip the dishes guy yeah i'm pretty good i had my girlfriend live with me last year as well so she's uh she does a great job so um yeah I, I like to cook when i get the chance um but sometimes you gotta you know you gotta order in when you're uh after lots of games and stuff so definitely a nice option fair all right and then uh we'll go into our favorite segment where uh the fans get to kind of 
ask questions in on the Insta page and uh, we ask you and uh, they get their answers they're looking for. So stick specs and stick. Um, I use the, I use a CCM, um, just keep it, you know, there, I think I got the P92 curve. So pretty simple. Here's one that I have no idea what this means. Um, I don't Rask, who set this in? I let me, no, let me explain it. It's not like that. It wasn't the, there was a lot of fan questions just asking about your spike ball tournament. Oh, I don't know what exactly it is, but there was like so many just saying like spike ball, spike ball. So what's the, yeah. Me and my uh, girlfriend's younger brother, um, we registered for a spike ball tournament here in uh, in Toronto. Um, at, we registered way too high in our like way out of our comfort level and just got absolutely smacked. So <laughs> it was a lot of fun though. But you know, I have a whole new respect for spike ball. So like you must have thought like going in like okay we're pretty decent like this shouldn't be too bad and then you like how like where was this like first off I never knew there was even tournaments around here and then yeah you want to just tell us a little bit about that actually like I've, yeah. I've never heard. so we played like we played a little bit this season all the guys especially we went to Florida um, we did pretty well so I text my girlfriend's younger brother and I go hey like we should we should do this um, and he goes yeah I'm I'm pretty good let's register and I'm thinking this is gonna be just a bunch of guys having fun. Um, I think we accidentally like registered for the spike ball, like world series. So they like travel, like we had a team from Austria. It was like the top five team in Austria. We had played the top five team in Ontario. And I don't know if we got a point. It was just way like, I remember looking at him, I go like, all right, this is, this is one to uh, one to forget. So um, yeah, it was in Mississauga. And again, it was, I think next, next summer, if I do it, I'll just register for the, lowest division to have fun division and uh, just have a blast so yeah okay i wonder how all the fans like was this a known thing because how many fa- like how do our fans all know about this that's kind of weird yeah i just put it on like i just put it on my story i said thanks for having us out um okay. really nice to see it on my instagram but um yeah i just saw it and it just popped up in my, on my instagram and i thought hey this would be something fun to do in the summer you know just take your mind off of hockey and stay active and, um little i know they're showing up with the guys on we're playing have jerseys and their sponsor <laughs> numbers on the back. And I'm going, yeah, wrong, wrong division for sure. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That's a, uh, that's a telltale right there. And uh, just a few more here game day superstitions. If you have any, no, don't really have any like to go with the flow. Okay. Kick the, soccer thing- ball. Kick the soccer ball around. So, yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Favorite thing to do in San Jose. Uh, favorite thing to do in San Jose, I think hike hiking is, is, is pretty awesome out there. And especially we're lucky enough to do it during the winters and stuff. So, cause it's, you know, pretty nice weather. So getting outside hiking with the dog is, is awesome. Yeah. Perfect. And, uh, last one here, who took you under their wing in, uh, in San Jose with the sharks this year? Tons of guys, but the guy I got to give a huge shout out to James Reimer. Um, you know, just amazing with the guys, you know, you go to new cities and stuff and, um, sometimes you'll land and not really have an, have an idea where to get a reservation. It might be too late and he'll come and grab three or four or five of the younger guys and go, Hey, I got a reservation booked that's can fit everyone. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, and he just takes us out and, um, he was, he was amazing for a lot of younger guys, especially getting called up late and, you know, traveling on the same day and stuff. He would always have, make sure that everyone had a spot to eat and, and a place to sit. So he's a great guy. 
Yeah, that's pretty cool to hear. I mean, like oftentimes you got these guys making a ton of money in some, in some cases and they, they don't really care for the young guys, but a guy like him, he's been around the league so long and for him to do that for the younger guys, that's pretty great to see. Um, but, but yeah, no, like, um, I think that's it for me, Rask. Yeah, that's all I got. I, I just want to thank you for taking the time. It was a great interview. Super cool getting to know you and I'm, I'm excited for our listeners to hear this one. Yeah. Thanks boys. Really appreciate it. I love what you guys are doing. Yeah. yeah and from me yeah same thing as rask but uh really appreciate it i know we've talked about it for a while now and uh, it's nice to like get you on here officially and uh let the fans get to know you a little bit and uh yeah we're looking forward to seeing you in a few weeks yeah i'll see you in a few awesome thanks guys all right i want to thank jasper weatherby for that one great interview and always good to get a shark on it's cool and you know we have a big listener base in san jose obviously so you know, I know everyone appreciates that and it's evident with the fan questions, the amount we get. And yeah, I was surprised actually the, uh, the spike ball thing cards, I guess maybe it wasn't a public thing, but he shared it, but they knew he did badly, um, which they probably couldn't have picked up from his Instagram. Cause they were like laughing emojis. Like how did the spike ball tournament go? Like that sort of thing. <laughs> anyway, it was a great interview. what do you think? <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. Obviously weather's a great guy. Um, a pro's pro, you know, like, like that's a guy and you talked about it in the interview. His trajectory has been like only on an upward path. And that's because like, like he said, taking care of his body and just, just being a pro and doing the right things on and off the ice. So it's good to see him doing well. And uh, yeah, that was a awesome interview. And I'm sure all fans, not only San Jose fans will uh, really enjoy that one, but uh, what do we got? Uh, anything else to talk about here before we wrap up? We got a couple of things. I, I want to mention, I've you know brought it up here and there, The Bachelorette. I know you haven't been watching it this season, but we're wrapping up. We just finished Hometowns this week, Card, so we're getting into the thick of it. And uh, there's a lot of drama, man. And actually, one of them, I, I'm not going to say names and stuff because you don't even know who they are, but one of the Bachelorette girls just wasn't feeling it for the guy's hometown and just sent him home before she even went to meet his parents. So they did the hometown <laughs> date. And then she was like, you know what? Like, I just can't. And she sent them over. I mean, he was already home, but like, she just didn't go. So he walks into the hometown. They're all getting up cheering. He's like, yeah, like she's not here. And they got that on camera and stuff. That's awkward for television. Like imagine like that's, that just sucks for that guy. That's like a low blow. Oh, <laughs> hey, it's tough. Thanks for well, everything. But well, they, gonna... they make it so dramatic because at the rose ceremony before that, they're like a rose this week guarantees, you know, a hometown. Like this is the biggest rose of the whole thing. Like, So they're all like, yeah, like, if you give a rose to this person, like you want to meet their parents. And then it's like, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> it's like <laughs> with the parents too. They're like, Oh my God. Like what did this guy do on the day today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So it's, it's good. It's like, th- this is my favorite bachelorette season. I haven't watched many, but other people are who have watched more are saying that this is good. It, and also with the two bachelorettes and the extra drama that comes with that, it's pretty, pretty cool, pretty thrilling television. So, you know, anyway, uh, some golf stuff we got to mention my boy one of my closest friends will zalatoris uh has won his first pga tour championship so you want to talk about that incredible fashion too nonetheless like, oh I know in the you're playoff watching, it was but, so sick but yeah now two weeks removed and we we didn't tap into it because uh because we had a week off and everything like that been hectic but uh for that ball to stay up on the rocks like that's one and a trillion for that to happen because we obviously saw with the other player like Sepp Strack, he, his ball does the same thing and there you go it's in the water and that kind of that kind of just changed everything once once his ball stayed up there I think uh Sepp thought he was getting 
like Zalatoris was going to make an easy par and then forced him to go at the pin. And next thing you know, it's in the water and disaster from there. But that's a guy who's kind of persevered and for so long has been doubted because of his bad putting. And boy, oh boy, did he putt amazing um, down the stretch that week. And it's obviously terrible to hear that he's he's out for the year. He won't play in the President's Cup and won't play this week in the FedEx Cup championship. But uh, uh, he's got his win. So Rask can uh, relax now and, uh, and just yeah. enjoy many more wins to come for him. But uh, quickly, let's uh, let's hear your FedEx Cup championship uh, guess. All right. like um, So yeah. it's all, all the top dogs, top 30 left. Who do you who, think? Who was the one who just won the, the BMW? Cantley. He was sick. I watched that. Yeah, he's good, man. Like, And he won the FedEx Cup last year. Okay. Oh, so is it weird? I was going to pick him, but... No, that's, that like a good a, pick. that's a real good pick. Yeah, I, I want to go with him. But actually, before... I, I want to talk quickly, um, Zalatoris, before I flip it to you. Um, it scares me with golfers when they get injured, especially this young, because you see what happens with golfers with injuries. They they don't go away. Like, they, he's probably going to be battling it his whole career. Like, would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a little bit of both, too. Like, if you're young, you get to it early, it's out of the way. You're not the guy who's trying to battle through and stuff. So, like, you would think, right, like, it, with this much on the line, would he still try to battle through? Like, there's $18 million or something like that on the line this week. So, like, obviously, everybody wants a piece of that pie, and he had to withdraw. So, he obviously knows what's right. He knows his career yes. path is on the right way. So, I, I do think, yes, they it does. But I think also if you're on top of it, you can get like diminish it early. Okay. So yeah, that makes sense. Now I'll flip it to you for your FedEx cup pick. And then I, I have one more golf question after, but who do you think? I'm going to go Cam Smith. There's a lot of controversy around him. Everyone's saying he's going to live after this. And I, I think he might be, but um, for now I like him as a player. Um, and then it's obviously hard to go against Scotty Scheffler with a uh, two shot lead to open the week. So we'll see. But uh, what do you got next? Well, I was wondering, and I've always wondered this, and I don't know, I've never asked it, but there's so many pros now who golf with the huge putters where they have one hand on the top and then like one halfway down and they just guide it with their lower hand. Mm -hmm. Um, What's with that? I mean, every putter you buy, if you go to like golf town or something, you buy like a standard putter, two hands on the top. So what's the advantage or like, why do they do that? And when did this happen? I've never like, I don't know. Yeah, it's been around forever. So okay. basically before in golf, you were allowed to anchor the top part to your chest. But um, now you're not allowed to do that. So you saw more of those like probably eight to 10 years ago because you were allowed to anchor the top hand or anchor it to the chest. So you got a lot of stability and it was basically just one hand guiding it. So it made potting like, I guess, easy for some. And uh, so they took out that rule. So ever since they have, it's, it's, it's pretty hard to pot. Then it's almost like you're putting like with a broomstick. So you don't see it too much anymore, but yeah, no, it's, it's a, uh, it's definitely an option and you have to look deep and hard to find them because for, for people learning the game, it's probably just too complicated to do. Okay. Interesting. Cause I'm, I'm sitting here like, I can't putt. These guys use a huge putter and they can putt. So maybe that's, <laughs> that's gotta be the putter, man. I don't know. But uh, interesting. No, that's just something I was wondering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's all I pretty much have. I know we, we have a special weather report. Do, do you want to send it to the weather report and the outro since you're not going to do the outro right now? Yeah. Like, I mean, the outro was taken away from me this week and, uh, I was very happy to give it up and I think the fans are really going to enjoy this one. So, uh, without further ado. All right. Thanks guys. Yeah. It's going to be a beautiful week out there. Get outside, get your sandals on, um, enjoy the sun. 
So, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. And that's the uh, Weatherbeat Weather Report.